This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Cannot play with it. Cannot win with it. Cannot go with it. Can't do it. What up, what up, what up, what up? This is episode number 128 of the Clock Dodgers podcast. I'm your host, Neil. We're back with another fantasy football episode. And of course, I got my boy, Adam. Salutations, Adam. How you doing? Salutations. I'm starting with big words straight out the gate. That's kind of how I am, you know? It's so rare for you. I, I feel like it. if I use it, you know, and I keep practicing it and kind of doing it straight out the gate, like maybe it'll keep, you know, a snowball effect. Hey, I will always encourage the linguistic improvements. We'll see. Hopefully I don't go downhill now. No, I kind of set the bar high. Um, but <laughs> quick update for anyone that was asking, because, man, after the last episode with the whole dead animal thing, like everybody kept asking about it. So <laughs> since everyone's asking, it is gone. It is gone. Um, eventually the dead animal became, like, much easier to clean. Like, he was, like, dust, basically, because flies and maggots did their work. Mother Nature took its course, as I expected, and uh, it was much easier to clean up. So I appreciate everyone's advice. I appreciate everyone calling me a bitch. I appreciate all the other things they've said. We're good now. Driveway is dead animal free. Although, I won't say how many days it took because it is embarrassing. Um, Adam, let's just... <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Roll it back. Details. Nah, nah, nah. We're good. You're good, man. The driveway's, uh, driveway's was bleached. Was it, like, rotten by the time you got to it? It was, like... Did you, like... Uh, did it start to smell? Was that the problem? No, actually, it was weird. Like, the smell started to go way more... Oh, and I don't know if it's because it let just, it air out. Yeah, like it aired out. The, the you know Mother Nature took what it needed from it, and then it just kind of was just there, man. And it was weird how it worked out. <laughs> it was weird how it all you know Mother Nature took what it needed, and then it just left me this stale carcass on the floor. And uh, yeah, I couldn't tell even at the end at the end of it all, I could not tell if it was a squirrel or what it was, man. It was weird, but uh, it was definitely hairy and. Uh, yeah, it's not, not pretty, but it's gone now. It's gone. We're good. Bleach cleaned the driveway. Hope that helped. Hope that did something to clean the dead body off. But, uh, yeah, man, we're good now. So we're clear. Um, I feel like we should start with Thursday night football reaction. Uh, a lot happened in Thursday night football, some good things, some negative things. And let's just kind of, let's just kind of bounce through everything really quick. First thing that comes to mind, Devonte Parker showed up. Went over 100 yards. For the yards. first time ever. First time ever. Over 100 <laughs> yards. In the, in the history of Devonta Parker <laughs> trutherism, like, last night was the night. They must have been going crazy. Yeah, I doubt anyone started him, but, I mean, this was your moment. I hope no, you started him. No, but, like, all those best ball teams finally got a week. <laughs> finally got a week. 
Um, Lamar Miller did well, much to my surprise. I'm a Lamar hater. Two weeks straight. It's garbage. Foreman, mm. Foreman cannot take any longer to return. I need him to return. I can't stand doesn't, Lamar Miller playing doesn't well. Doesn't matter. Drake doesn't put matter. up numbers. Drake put up numbers. All right, let's just cut to the chase. Your boy Deshaun Watson finally like really showed up. Five. I, I was trying to let us. I was, I was trying attempts, to earn our way which there. Which is really man. wild. I was trying I'm, not to I'm do cut, it to you. I'm cutting to the chase. <laughs> All right, four touchdowns, right? Four it touchdowns. Five. I'm trying. Oh, it's five. Five touchdowns. See, I'm trying to pretend like I don't know, so you could brag about it more. Five touchdowns. Okay, five touchdowns for Deshaun Watson. So weird. He's like really good. Um. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what else you want me to While say about Sean Watson. having a, like a broken rib and a punctured lung, that's so insane. Super good. If you were building a team like right now, right, you're an NFL GM, who would you start it with, Watson or Patrick Mahomes? It's still Andrew Luck, but oh, I, Patrick, you be Patrick joking. Mahomes out of those You two. better be joking. And no, not at all. The answer is never it's, Andrew Luck to anything. It's still Andrew Luck. He is phenomenal. He That's is playing ridiculous. phenomenal right now. Dang. And I would still take Andrew Luck. All right. Whatever. Um, your boy Hopkins did pretty good. Did pretty good. He took a little while. Took a while to get there, but he got there. You Sadly. know what? I want to break the fourth wall and peel back the curtain a little bit because you and I had a really fun trade talk right before that game. Or actually right <laughs> in the middle of that game when I was offering you Hopkins in the league. And you were talking smack, saying he had nine yards. What happened listen, to that? Listen, listen, listen. First of all, <laughs> first of all, that? let's be fair. You were asking for Kareem Hunt. Let's let's put it all out there. You were that's asking fair. for Kareem Hunt, right? I think that's a fair offer. I'm not saying it's not, but up until that point, Kareem Hunt had more points, right? So I know you say it's the past and it doesn't matter, but it does matter to me. And running backs, we know, especially in this league, are not easy to come by. So I, you know, that's why you're asking for one. Running backs are not easy to come by in any league. Right. There's like seven that are startable. Right, it's exactly. So, you, you know, you're asking for a position that's already scarce. And then when he, when you're asking me, I'm assuming you're watching the game and you're and the guy has nine yards. I'm like, is this guy serious right now? Like, this is when you offer it to me? <laughs> and then you're like, I'm not watching the game. And I'm like, I'm not buying a second of that. But uh, sure, sure, you're not watching the game. That's fine. But, yeah, I mean, he – No, he, what's he, funny is I wasn't watching the game. The second I turned it on, just DeAndre Hopkins touchdowns. Okay. It was great. So watch him from now on then. But, yeah, I mean, it's definitely – you know, it's definitely an interesting trade. Um, You know, with, with running backs being a little, you know, hard to find, makes it a little difficult. But we'll, we'll revisit it, man. We'll revisit it. Um, mm-hmm. The sad news coming out of the game is Fuller. Fuller had a big God, game, man. looked great, towards ACL. That's all Will Fuller does is get injured and have giant performances. I feel it's so bad wild. for the guy. I feel so bad it's for the guy. It's so wild. He has had such a weird career ever since Deshaun Watson got there. Like it's just, it, it's just been crazy. Every time he's on the field, he just has the potential to have these huge games, and yet. He's injured constantly. Yeah. It's sad, but man, when we see a full season from Will Fuller with Sean Watson, like, look out. Will we ever, though? That's the question. I mean, honestly. I, I mean, I'm always the type that, I, I don't know, I don't really think injury prone is as much a thing, but I think, I don't know, that, that might be wrong, but that's just kind of like a belief I have. I'd have to do, like, real research into it to have any idea, but... yeah. I, I just feel like eventually we'll get a full season out of Will Fuller. And I don't know. It'd be it'd be interesting to see like what Will Fuller owners in Dynasty are 
looking to deal him for after this another injury. Yeah. And I, I don't know. It, to me, it might be a time to buy. Yeah, it is typically a time to buy when something like this happens and, you know, you got people panicking or they're frustrated. I'm a big Wolf Fuller fan, so I have him in a lot of leagues, actually, so it sucks. But um, I guess that, you know, you know, obviously we hope he gets better and ACLs aren't the kind of injuries they used to be, so hopefully he bounces back like a lot of guys have. Um, this obviously, you know, not in a positive way, but it's good news for Kiki, right? This is I the would say so, waiver player of the week, probably. Uh, I mean, if he if he's out there, I, I would yeah. love to be in a league where Kiki Kuti is on a waiver wire. Kiki, do you love me? I'm saying oh, man. he's asking you now. Ho ho ho! Do you love him now? Will Fuller's out. You better love Kiki. But yeah, I think uh, you know, obviously a big opportunity for him. He's flashed already, so you know we know he could fill the the fill the spot. Right? It just sucks for the Texans in general, for Deshaun Watson, for these receivers, like. They have such a good group, man. Like, they're really talented, and then something happens, like whether it's Watson gets hurt, the receiver gets hurt. It's just something the, co- the coach sucks. Oh, that's always. But, like, you know, it's weird. The situation sucks. And then you got Jordan Thomas, the tight end. People were talking about, obviously, he had a good game. Um, I don't know if you care too much about it. Do you feel like he's super legit? Do you feel like he's just a streaming option? What do you feel like is going on there? I think he's mostly like streaming option, but I feel like you can say that about every tight end. The va- yeah, the vast majority. Like it, I don't know. It's just it's a weird position right now. Yeah, it was a fun game for Thursday night. You know, players flashed. Um, like I said, except for the Fuller thing, which sucks. Um, but for the most part, I mean, the guys you wanted to have big games had them. I, I'm trying to think if there's anyone disappointed. Disappointed, really. There wasn't really anyone that sucked that you were really hoping for. I don't think in this game. Um, no, I mean, everybody who, you know, most people would start really, really performed up to snuff. I mean, unless you were starting like a Frank Gore. I mean, <laughs> Danny Amendola didn't do great, but did like... Throw a touchdown. You know. What's that? <laughs> he he did touchdown. throw a touchdown. That's true. I forgot about that. So that adds to the points, you know. I feel like almost all leagues have to give all players passing touchdowns. For sure. They if, if your league doesn't, that's very silly. Very silly. Very silly. Well, I know, something I've been waiting to talk about since it's happened, and this is the first time on the podcast we're talking about it, I think, was Amari Cooper. Amari no. Cooper was traded from the Raiders. We have not had a chance to talk about this yet, right? Yeah, because the other half of this is the most important part, because I think that's that, to me, was the thing that was most impressive about this trade. Like, hats off to the Raiders. For getting a first for Amari Cooper, like, that's that shouldn't happen. Amari Cooper should be worth, like, a third-round pick at this point. I mean, truthfully, in the NFL's terms, like, to pay up first, that's, like, that's like a fantasy football trade. That's, that's not yeah, a trade. Yeah, I, I was going to say, you know, I'm obviously the resident Raider fan, and obviously, you know, before he got traded and the rumor happened, a lot of people were asking me about it, and then, you know, I said, well, hell, if we can get a first-round pick from someone like the Cowboys, I'm all for it. And, you know, because otherwise I'm thinking, you know, teams are going to offer, like, third-round picks and second-round picks. You know, that's what you would think you would get for them. And I really wasn't, like, crazy about it if that happened. But I've had tons of convos with people about it. Um, I definitely feel like we need to discuss it and kind of break it down a little bit, you know, what happens to the Raiders, the Cowboys. Um, but just, you know, your initial thought on the trade is you feel like the Raiders won, obviously. It sounds like that's what you're saying. But what is your opinion as far as, you know, what happens besides the draft pick? What happens with the Raiders, you know, with the wide receiver position now? And what happens to the Cowboys with Ad and someone like Amari Cooper? What's kind of your feeling? Well, I think for Amari and for, like, the Cowboys situation, 
he goes into a situation that to me feels really similar to the Raiders. Like he's probably going to be the number one target, but he's got to learn a new offense. So I don't know how quickly that target share is going to get to that point. And on top of that, it's just it's not a high passing volume offense. You know, they rely on Zeke. Like that, that's that's how they're successful. So ultimately, like I don't really see it as much of a step up for him in the short term. In the long term, I think that that might develop a little bit more as he gains more of a rapport with Dak, like, you know, we could see. Because ultimately, Amari has flashed. I mean, he's flashed a good bit. He just hasn't been what everybody dreamed him to be. But, like, for all intents and purposes, if you compare him to the vast majority of first-round wide receivers that came out of the draft in, like, the last five years or so, he's had a decently successful career. Um, And, you know, on the flip side of it, what the Raiders are getting... Ultimately, for them to lose Amari Cooper, I think, says more about the whole coaching staff and not being able to get talent out of your talented players. But last coaching staff couldn't do that either, so at least this one got a first-round pick out of it. So, I don't know. I'm intrigued to see what the Raiders do going forward because I feel like they're building young. Like, they have three first-round picks now, but they also have a ton of old talent. So I don't know if the idea is that like the old vets are going to teach the rookies the right way to win or whatnot, but I don't know. It seems like a weird way to um, rebuild a franchise if that's what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. It's you know obviously for me. So I mean obviously from the Raiders' angle of it, like you said, um, the Raiders got a good deal. I don't think the Cowboys would have got Amari Cooper from them if not for offering their first round pick. So at the same time. You know, if the Cowboys wanted him that bad, I think this was their only chance. So it's like it's kind of hard for me to like hate on it, in a sense of like if you want your guy, you go get him, right? That's what it is. And I don't think they would have got him for anything less. I don't. Th- I honestly don't even think the Raiders would trade him for less, probably because I think they said they were getting offers besides that, like second round picks and stuff. And I just don't think they would have jumped at it like they did this pick, this pick. But um, so you know, it's hard to like hate on him from that perspective, like saying the Cowboys ever paid, even though everyone feels like they did. Um, will he like ball out in Dallas? I know that's what a lot of Cowboy fans are hoping for. I feel like, you know, like you said, he's going to be the number one target there. I don't think anybody else could be over him. And I feel yeah, like they will. who is there? Like, yeah. So I feel like they're going to force him the ball is his main competition. Like, yeah. He's got to be getting targeted. Yeah. So I feel like they're going to force him the ball for sure. And, you know, maybe more than he did in Oakland. Who knows? I mean, he should be okay. But to me, the thing with Mark Cooper is he's not perfect, right? He wasn't in Oakland. It's not going to change in Dallas. You know, he he did have, you know, issues with dropping the ball sometimes. I just felt like for me, and, I, and this could be just me, you know, looking at it from a fan on the outside. It's like, for me, I just hated, like, the fact that he never had, like, this killer instinct. I don't know if that's just my, my you know, my fan thoughts or whatever it is. But I just feel like, you know, in interviews, he was always just kind of like, blah, blah, blah. Like, eh, whatever. Like, I'm here. On the field, if you felt like he was giving up on plays sometimes and he just wasn't, you know, when he's dropping the ball, you're like, is it a mechanics thing? Is it a is it a heart thing? Like, what you know, what, what's happening here? I just feel like, you know, he didn't have that fighting spirit in him. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, again, not every player has to have that to, like, to be a winner or to succeed, but I just feel like he didn't have it, and that's probably one of the reasons why the Raiders felt more inclined, you know, because John Gruden is so, like, passionate and so, you know, into it. And maybe if Amari wasn't ex- expressing it that way, maybe it just felt like, you know, hell, if we can get a first-round pick for this guy instead of re-signing him and getting him crazy money, you know, is it going to get better from here kind of thing, you know? So for me as a Raider fan, I'm I'm fine with it, like you said, with the value that we got in return. Um 
of course, I get all the arguments back. First round picks mean nothing. They don't mean anything. You got to hit on it. Will the Raiders do this? Will the Raiders do that? Who knows? Who knows, man? So I don't know as far as that, you know, how, you know, we'll have to see what the future holds for that. But for me, fuck what the Raiders do with the pick. <laughs> I don't really care at this point. You know, I just don't, I didn't want to resign Amari if they didn't feel confident in him. And he made it hard to feel confident in him. Like he was too inconsistent. It was up and down. He flashed here and there. And it's just not, you know, if you can get a first round pick and a chance at another, hopefully star player, I feel like you got to take it when it comes to something like this. Um, the reality of the situation for me is Mark Cooper is just not a great player. He's not great. So if you can get like Mac hurts way more, if that makes sense, way more than Cooper going, you know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, the Mac thing. I'm Mac like, you know, might be the best defensive player in the NFL. Right. Like, so, so that's a that's, play, you know, I don't want people. To, I don't want people to think this is bitter. Drastic. I don't want people to think this is bitter Raider fan talk. You know I mean, like, I really just yeah. the Mark Cooper thing didn't hurt like Mac hurt. <laughs> so it's just how I feel. I, I got gotcha. you. You know, um, and like I said, will he do great in Dallas? Who knows? I'm sure he'll make plays. I'm sure they'll force you in the ball. Dallas is going to do everything they can to make him look good, right? Because it's you know him doing good helps them and makes them look good in the media and we know they care about their perception so i think they'll force him the ball and we'll see i mean everyone makes fun of dak <laughs> all the memes started flying as soon as he got traded there how excited dak prescott will be when he makes mark Hoover makes a three-yard catch on you know 20 yards for first down type of plays but uh we'll see man we'll see i'm not crazy about it i'm happy with the first round pick um and of course the raiders can't screw that up that's the point but if they do it sucks, but I don't think Amari Cooper is that big of a loss. And that's no disrespect to him. It's just where I'm at. Um, and, and especially, man, like, you know, when you look at the landscape of what receivers go for, like, I know he has all kinds of issues, Josh Gordon, but for he went for a fifth-round pick, right? So talent-wise, would you argue that Josh Gordon is as good as Amari Cooper or better? Dude, I'm so glad you brought up Josh Gordon because, honestly, over the last week or so, I've started to really, like, think about what's going to happen over the next few years and I I in particular about the Patriots and the end of Tom Brady's career and I just have this weird feeling that like now is the time to go out and try and buy Josh Gordon everywhere because he has the potential to really be what Randy Moss was for for the Patriots mm-hmm. like I I, I just I I know I'm getting my hopes up, but I'm seeing glimpses of it every time I watch him on the Patriots. And this is so early. He just got there. He's just learning the offense. To think of what it's going to be like after Tom Brady has an offseason to prep with him, like, I I don't know. I honestly think his stride could hit this year, but definitely I feel like next year you want to own Josh Gordon. So Josh Gordon over Amari, right? Personally, I don't it's so tough though because like I think that's the case. I don't think that like honestly, if you could trade Amari Cooper right now for Josh Gordon, I might do that. I might do <laughs> so that crazy, straight right? up. It's I so wish crazy. that I owned Amari Cooper somewhere because I'd love to float that trade out there, but I don't. Because <laughs> I feel like a lot of people would accept that trade because I, I feel so. like the perception is that you know Amari Cooper's better. Granted, Amari Cooper is a lot younger, so I don't know. I think I'd have to think that one a little bit deeper, but ultimately. They're pretty close in value, and I don't know. I have this weird feeling that Josh Gordon is just going to be gigantic next year, like top five potential. It's definitely possible. You know I've been rooting for it to happen, so I don't doubt it at all, man. And you know what's funny is uh, remember that trade I did a couple weeks back, and you acted like I, everyone acted like I was crazy for it. Now it's looking real sweet. I traded Which trade was that? Allen Robinson for Tariq Cohen and Josh Gordon. 
And now it looks beautiful. Yeah, man. It really does. It looks it really real does. beautiful right now. It really does. I mean, Tariq really hit his stride. Like, that whole Bears offense has really just been just a joy to watch. Like, as a Chicago Bears fan, my entire life, entire life, I was born in 1988. For the entirety of it, I have never seen a good Bears offense. This is amazing. The best thing about it's that, so cool. The best thing about that trade was I floated it out there, and then I forgot it was out there. I was talking to the guy. It was uh, Jake, I believe his name was. I think it was Jake. Yeah, probably Jake. Jake who writes for Clock Dodgers, actually. Um, and uh, I was talking to him, and I'm like, we're trying to you know, throw some other ideas out there, and then he accepts it. And I was like, oh, wait, I forgot I had that out there. And I was like, oh, well, I guess it has to work now for sure. You know what I mean? Because that's what I put out there and he accepted it. So it is what it is. And now it's kind of really worked out. And I was nervous. I'm not going to lie. When it first happened, because everyone I was talking to was like, nah, I'd keep out Robinson. I keep out Robinson. So now, you know, at the point I started saying, what, what was I seeing here that everyone's not seeing? You know, and now it's looking good, man. We'll see. You know, we can flip on its head again. But I feel good about it. Um, and we'll see where it all goes, man. Like you said, Bears the offense is hot. So we'll see if it uh, it stays that way. I do feel like we need to talk about a guy real quick, Adam, who we need to decide right now, this second, whether how, how good this guy is, where, where he belongs when it comes to the players at his position, right? We need to decide if he's a product of a system, if, you know, maybe he's just having a moment right now, but he's top five in all of PPR, number one at his position, and I think he has a lead on the next guy by like 20 points, depending on your scoring, and that man is Adam Thielen. This season, he might. What's be going on, the, man? He might be the best wide receiver in the NFL. That's what. That's what's going around, man. That's the rumor. I mean, how can he not be? That's the rumor. Every single game, a hundred yards, a hundred yards, a hundred yards, a hundred <laughs> yards. It's insane. And the thing that's so interesting about it is how everybody was on Stephon Diggs. Everybody. Yep. You know, actually, no. I'll, I'll shout out one analyst that I listened to who was on analyst uh, shout Adam out. Thielen. Yeah, it, it, was JJ, out. it was JJ Zacharyson. He was on Adam Thielen. He kept touting Adam well, Thielen. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Because Adam Thielen, I mean, every, every, I feel like everyone likes Adam Thielen, but you know, yeah. when you when you but, say when you say he touted him, you mean he touted him over Stefan Diggs, where a lot of people yeah, didn't well, do that. Yeah, and and hard and saying right. like you really should be targeting him to add that two three turn. And can you think about teams that started Todd Gurley and then got Adam Thielen Crazy. on that turn? Crazy. That's phenomenal. I mean, you have the number to be at that turn running you back got him and the number one wide receiver. That's crazy. I mean, it's yeah, it's one of those things where you know but, hindsight's but, twenty twenty. But where do you put this that, guy? Then? That's a player I don't own anywhere, and it it sucks. <laughs> do you, but do you put it at a system thing? Do you credit kind of all of the, all the aspects here, or do you think like you know put him anywhere and he just works? He's just that good. I mean, I think that he's just he's he's an elite route runner. and he's just somebody who quarterbacks seem to trust, man. And I think that like. That plays such a huge factor, being that type of receiver. I mean, he honestly, he's like the, you know, the Tom Brady's Wes Welker kind of target guy while being more dynamic in the passing game and being able to do more things. And I think that in that way, like, what's happening for him right now, I just, I don't see it slowing down. In fact, it's such a weird year because right now, Adam Thielen is on pace to break so many records at wide receiver, and Todd Gurley is on pace to break so many records at running back. 
it's just it's a wild year, and I, I don't know if it can keep up. But uh, I mean, honestly, like I feel like if you play DFS right now, you can almost lock those two players in, and then just like figure out the rest because right. they're just they're so consistently above everyone else in production. You know, the funny thing with Elon is, especially in Dynasty, was you know last year when he had a good year, or was it last year or the year before last year? Whenever it was that he really hit the scene, um, people were like a little worried. I think it was last year. People were trading him and stuff because they're like, well, he's 27, he's going to be 28, or, you know, he's 28 years old, this and that. He's kind of hit the scene late, you know, a late bloomer kind of guy. Um, how long is it really going to happen for? You know, is he just going to tail right back off? You know, this kind of stuff. So people were like moving him a lot in Dynasty because they were worried. You know, they're like, is this guy, you know, the real thing, the real deal? And uh, I think we've kind of figured that one out. <laughs> I think I think he is, man. And again, is he going to stay number one? I don't know. You know, he seems like he should stay top five the whole season. Is it a system thing? Who really cares? Because he is. He's what he's doing is it doesn't matter where it's coming from. It's happening. So, man, like you said, if you got him right now, you're super excited about it. Um, you know, and and like I said, I think a lot of people liked him and a lot of people felt good about him. It's just, of course, a lot of people didn't put him above Stefan Diggs. Um, do you think he holds Stefan Diggs back a little bit? Or do you think that's, you know, there's room for both to, to succeed like that? I mean, he holds him back from being the, you know, dream player that I think people were kind of drafting him to be. I mean, towards the end of the draft season, he, I, Stephon Diggs was creeping into like the late second, mid second sometimes. If people were getting really frisky, like people were really high on Stephon Diggs. Yeah. And I feel like now he's kind of turned into. A guy who, you know, you're going to consistently start, but you're not going to really expect consistent production out of him. He's going to have those, you know, spike weeks, and he's going to have some games that, you know, he has a high floor. But ultimately, I feel like, you know, Adam Thielen has easily won out in the uh, Vikings wide receiver race. Ultimately, Stefan Diggs, you play with the best wide receiver in football. Who's seen it coming? (laughs) Yeah, right. Listen. A dude named Adam. A dude named I was Adam. totally off him. <laughs> you would think he's you would the have only him. like he's the only relevant Adam in football right now. And yeah, I was totally off him. Who Damn. you saw that coming? Straight up Vinatieri shade, man. Yeah, sorry, best buddy. Best Adam ever in football, right? Who's the best Neil in football? I, I, was there ever a Neil? I mean, let's see. Yeah, I don't, I don't Neil know. Neil O'Donnell. <laughs> Way back in the day. I'm trying to think. There's got. I feel like there's got to be a more recent Neil, but Neil is just not a good. It's not a good name, bro. Just, hit, hit Neil up on Twitter with famous NFL Neils. Yeah, yeah, if you can find any, man, it's hard to find famous Neils. Period. You hear the same ones over and over and over. If you, I, I up, guess Neil is kind of a bad football name. It's a bad name. Period. <laughs> there's just not a lot of successful people named Neil. Uh, it's unfortunate. It's uncommon. I don't know if it's uncommon. If it's an older name, I don't know what it is, man, but. Every time I hear successful Neils, they're like older guys. Neil Armstrong, Neil this, Neil that. I don't know, man. It's a pretty famous Neil, bud. Yeah, he's pretty good. He's pretty good up there. He's pretty pretty top of the charts. But anyway, anyway, man, off of this, trust or trust issues time. Again, man, you know how this goes, Adam. Some people may not know who are listening. Maybe some new-time listeners. But I'm going to throw out players' names. These are names that are most talked about in Clock Dodger Circle, social media, all that kind of stuff, the media realms that we stay in, right? So I'm going to throw players at you. You tell me if you trust this player. Could be, you know, I, I kind of go for rest of season outlook, really. So do you trust this player rest of season, or do you have trust issues about him? We'll start with 
David Johnson. I'm going to say trust. I'm praying I'm with Bryant you. and Leftwich gets I'm this figured you. out. Because if he does, I, I'm just like, I'm so excited for David Johnson's potential. I'm excited for Larry Fitzgerald's potential. I just want to see that offense do what I know it can do. Like, it just, they have so much talent and it's just not being utilized correctly. So I'm hoping they just, they feed David Johnson and they feed Larry Fitzgerald and they just try and do their best with that. Because, I mean, those players are so talented. Yeah. Like, we all know it. Like, it seems so obvious. And sometimes it's one of those things where it's just, like, the kiss method. Keep it simple, stupid. Like, just just feed those guys the ball. And it's one of those situations with David Johnson where if you can trade for him, certainly do it. But it's gotten to the point where a lot of the owners are like, well, listen, I might as well just stay with him at this point because I'm not going to get – you know, any real yeah, good value on him, and so I might as well just, you know, ride this thing out. But if you can, if you still have somebody who's tired of him, who's looking to flip their script over there because they're losing a lot of games, this is definitely a guy to, to buy. Um, next one. Here, well, wait, wait, really quick. Here's an interesting question I want to throw back at you. Last two players we've just talked about. Who would you rather have rest of season? season David Johnson or Stephon Diggs? Damn you, man. Obviously. I know it's really tough. That's why it just popped in my head, and I was like, "That I don't know how I would answer it, really." Yeah, I mean, the variables obviously change depending on what you need, what your what your team is built like. But just in a vacuum, man, I, why do I want to say David Johnson so bad? I do too. I know. <laughs> I, I feel the exact same way. I still want it's to just, say it. It's because you know he can do it. You know he can be that Todd Gurley level running back right now in the NFL. Yeah, and what's Diggs really interesting so is if he hits his stride in the second half and Bell comes back and somehow becomes the Le'Veon Bell of old, I mean, everybody's going to be talking next year about elite running backs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, from you know – yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, you know, Stephon Diggs may be the safer one to say, but I still want to believe it's David Johnson, so I'm going to say it. Um, we'll see. The next guy, Doug Martin. Trust issues. <laughs> oh, I mean, you know how I feel about the Oakland backfield right now. Oh, I know, I know. This is, this is supposed to be DeAndre Washington time. No, I don't God. think it's going to be DeAndre Washington time, but if it is – Oh, I am going to say told you so. So good. <laughs> I cringed when John Gruden said it. he was like, Doug Martin's been waiting. You know, Jalen Richard's been playing really well. And now we get DeAndre Washington back. And I'm like, is this guy serious? Dang right. right. Dang right. You know what? I will say, though, for, for a guy like DeAndre Washington to be injured and still kept on the roster and still be in John Gruden's mouth, to me, at least says something. I don't know if it means, you know, he just likes the kid or whatever, but if DeAndre Washington gets some touches, I'm going to be talking about it. <laughs> yeah, you're only saying that because you wrote a couple of articles about the guy. I will I say, did. I will say, and I'm saying this now, Jalen Richard is one of the best guys you could buy right now. I'm saying it now. I, Standing I would also agree with that. Anywhere, if he's available cheap anywhere, he's not on waiver wires in any of my leagues. It's unfortunate, but man... You know, he, he has a great opportunity. He's a solid pass catcher. They rely on him in that passing game. And with the absence of Amari Cooper, he's only going to get more targets. Yep. So I mean, definitely try to sneak guy. him right now. He's the guy that I'm, like, all in on and telling people, like, trade for him if you can. I, obviously, I'm talking about being reasonable here. I'm thinking that the Jalen Richard owner hopefully still thinks the Raiders suck, still hasn't played him once this year. <clears throat> try to sneak him off someone's team, man. Even if it's a part of a, you know, a bigger trade and you make him, like, a throw-in idea to somebody – you know, I think you should definitely try to get him. 
Um, I will say I uh, I did pick up DeAndre Washington with the Scott Fish. You're bum. You're bum. I know, right? <laughs> You'll never start him. I'd pay you five dollars to start him. Actually, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> okay, no, that's what I thought. Um, Doug Baldwin, another Doug. Trust or trust issues? It's really borderline. Um, we don't play that fence riding shit, Adam. I know, I know, I know, I know. It's tough. Wrong uh, podcast. I'm, I'm going to have to say trust issues. You know, if you can't trust someone, you just got to admit it. And Wait I think that's kind of where it's I'm better at for both of you. It's better for well, the both of you. You know, ultimately, it's just it's one of those offenses that seem to think that running the football in this day and age is successful. And, you know, Russell Wilson is still Russell Wilson. But Doug Bolton's been battling injury. And ultimately, I just I don't see him hitting his stride again this year. So, yeah, I just I can't I can't really trust him moving forward. I'm with you. Trust issues. Uh, I got two more. Eric Ebron. Obviously, Doyle's returning. I know you're a Doyle guy, so I'm curious your thoughts. Trust issues. Doyle's <laughs> coming back. Doyle time. <laughs> oh, man. No, I am I'm really interested to see. I mean, I'm really excited with what Andrew Luck's been doing. You know, I was really excited about him coming into this year. He's really been just fulfilling all my expectations. It was a little rocky at first, but he's really hitting his stride. And I think Eric Ebron's a big part of that, like honestly. But I think that from what he was, you have to have some trust issues because Jack Doyle is going to take some targets. And I think that ultimately with T.Y. Hilton getting healthy again, like that offense is going to start really jiving. If Mac can stay on the field, like I'm excited to see what they can do. It doesn't sound like Mac's going to play this week now, though, which is really, really unfortunate because this would have been a great week for him. But to get back on track, like I just I'm excited to see what the Colts offense does going forward. Yeah, that would suck if Mac doesn't play. Is that is that like? Are you sure? I know he got a full practice in, but I guess we'll see what happens. But um, stay, you know, monitor that obviously. But with Ebron, man, I feel like especially this week against Oakland, you'd be a fool not to start him. Don't fall for the Doyle crap. Don't fall for it. Get him in your lineups for sure. Um, I hope Mac plays, man. I sure do. Um, and the last one I have for you with the recent news that Royce Freeman is out. Do you trust or have trust issues with Philip Lindsay, especially this week? Um, but just period, rest of the season. You know, I'm going to actually say trust issues. Woo-hoo-hoo! I think that... We're not friends no more, Adam. Yeah, it's it's a weird situation. Um, I, I think, at least, I would say trust issues for this week. Going forward, uh, I mean, t- this week for me is way more about them playing the Chiefs, that game kind of getting out of control, and ultimately i get that philip Lindsay is you know a pass catching running back and and he'll be able to have a decent floor in ppr probably because of it i just don't think that this is elevating him as dramatically as we think i don't think he's going to get a dramatic increase in touches i think devonta burke is going to be worked in a good bit so ultimately i just don't see it as like rocking him to you know rb1 status i feel like a lot of people who have him if you were starting him you're probably continuing to start him but if you weren't starting him because you had better options like to me he's probably like in an rb20 range this guy here man listen everyone's talking about well if race Freeman's out it means booker's gonna do man get booker out of here booker is not gonna do shit Booker is a bad running back. I don't know what people's problems are with that, but he just is. Doesn't matter. It's just about touches. Lindsey's gonna take them all. Lindsey's gonna take them all. Not how it works. He's gonna take them all. He had 14 carries last week. He could do more than that. He could do more than that. I love Philip Lindsey. So yeah, 
all right, we disagree on that one. We're done with trust or trust issues. I'm done with it. I want to jump over to some listener questions. Honestly, I only really grabbed one one or two people's specific questions that I wanted, um, but the rest I'm just going to get a couple of random ones too that are going on in Cloud Dodger circles. Um, but one of the one of them is from B. Joffrey. He goes hard in the Cloud Dodgers chat. Um, I think I might have two for him. We'll see. But um, top targets to sell high on going into the big bye week next week. Any guy you're selling high on, man? Selling high, I I guess I'm confused by why the bye week portion of that is important. Mm, I don't know. Maybe he just because maybe players that are going on by in the bye week. Yeah, I I I mean I guess I'm gonna ignore the bye week part because I'm I'm just confused by what he meant by that. So um, nonetheless, like I guess as far as guys that I'm I'm selling high on, I'm not the type that often sells high. Uh, I'm more of a bird in a hand kind of dude. Like I, I've just always been that way in fantasy. I don't really understand the concept of selling high unless you're just kind of, you know, transitioning positions, if you will, to help depth. Like if you trade an elite wide receiver. We both know a guy who's notorious for that. Yeah, exactly. Don't understand, (laughs) Mr. Josh. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But uh, but nonetheless, I, I'm. I mean, I'm hard-pressed. Do you have somebody who comes to mind for, like, a, a sell-high candidate? I mean, I guess, to me, maybe, like, an Alvin Kamara, but I still think Alvin Kamara is going to be, like, RB12 at the absolute worst rest of way. Like, I just – I don't see a lot of guys who have spiked right now that I see that spike immediately dropping back down. Yeah. I don't have nobody that I would think about selling. I mean, I would sell if there's anyone who believes any any crazy nut Cowboy fan in Amari Cooper – and I can get a lot for him, I would do it. Um, but, I, I mean, it's just kind of tough right now, to, you know, to find someone that, especially because of the bye weeks. But what about, in the, you know, on the other side of it, on the flip side of it, is there anyone that you're looking to buy, either, you know, in relation to the bye weeks or just in general that we haven't talked about already that, you know, you've really been targeting? Oh, that's a good question. Because um, there was somebody who I was targeting earlier this week, but now I'm blanking on who exactly that was. Um <laughs> Dang it. Like I said, for me, I've been going hard after Jalen Richard. Um, that's, you know, that's one of my key targets. But again, I'm a Raider fan. I just feel like I'm, I'm expecting people to hate the guy or not believe in the guy or not think he's crap. So that's always been, you know, something I've been trying to do lately. Um, most I'm trying to think of some guys I've been targeting besides him. Uh, I'm trying to look at some of my active, you know, big time active leagues where people trade a lot. I mean, um, Nick Chubb's one that I've oh, targeted yeah, a bit because I, I definitely think that he can have a big second half. Um, I mean, he, he seems like he's going to be getting all the opportunity. They don't seem to want to use Duke Johnson at all, which I was surprised by. So if they made that trade and this is where they're going with the offense, I think he's going to get a ton of work going forward. So, yeah, he he's definitely one that I, I like the idea of trying to trade for while his value is still a little depressed. How good do you think he could be, though? I mean, ultimately in that offense, I think it's just a matter of if they all click. Like, you know, Baker Mayfield's quite talented, but he hasn't really had that offense all come together. And a big part of that is they didn't give him any preseason reps. Like, it's just they've just ran that team terribly, and it's a terrible coaching staff, and the talent on that team has to overcome that. So I don't see them being, you know, this – fantastic team they're going to be right around 500 rest away and i think for you know nick chubb he's probably just going to be pretty boom bust he'll have some big games though because i mean he's shown 
the ability to break off big runs. So I think it's you know possible for him to still have some big games in there. Yeah. Here's a here's a guy that I actually like the idea of buying because I think that he's had some big games and I think most people are like yeah whatever. But I feel like it's going to continue, and that's Taylor Gabriel. Now, I just, now I, is that is that a case of if Allen Robinson's out and stuff like that, or you just like him? Period. No, I just like him. Period. Okay. I think that a lot of people just have this expectation that you know when Allen Robinson comes back, he's just going to get so many more targets. And in you know Taylor Gabriel's really stepped up, and when he stepped up is when the offense kind of stepped up. Those things kind of happened simultaneously. So I think when those sort of things occur for an offense, it's easy to continue to do what was working. And what what was working was targeting Taylor Gabriel. I think even with Allen Robinson back in the lineup, those targets are still going to be there. Yeah. Oh, and, and a guy for me, and I, and I know I keep going back to the Raiders, and it sounds like Raider bias, but I feel like we'd be foolish to ignore the Amari Cooper trade and like some changes that may have occurred because of it. Um, and I feel like, and this could be totally crazy, man. I do crazy things from time to time. And you don't necessarily have to try to trade for this guy. He may just be available or you may get him for nothing. But Martavis Bryant, man. I, I know. F- I dropped him in I a f- dynasty. Yeah, I feel like he year. should. I just feel like, I, I don't know, man. I know the Raiders, a lot of people don't feel good about him. They feel like the offense sucks. They feel like it's all chaos. But I just feel like when you trade a guy like Amari Cooper, you know, you take some pressure off the idea that you have to get this guy the ball or that he's there. And that maybe something, someone like Martavis Bryant may, you know, step up into this place and, and, and get more opportunities. And, you know, the more games the Raiders lose, the more they fall behind. I feel like the more crazier they're going to get, the more, you know, bigger shots they may take. And Martavis Bryant's that guy that's supposed to be the guy that does that for you. So I just feel like, you know, I say Jalen Rashard because Amari Cooper's gone too, and I feel like that matters. But And Marshawn Lynch, of course. But I just feel like someone there is going to step up. I just feel like it is. Maybe Amari Cooper, you know, him, you know, supposedly supposed to be the guy, may, you know, trade him. We took some pressure off some people. I don't know. But I just feel like we'd be foolish to act like nothing is going to happen there because that's how we're acting right now. That's how the majority of people are acting. Nobody's touting, you know, Martavis Bryant or Jordan Nelson and expecting anything to really change from what they already expected, at least from what I'm hearing or seeing. But I feel like somebody needs to step up there. And Martavis Bryant, I think, is an interesting name who, will, you know, you'll probably get cheap, you know? Yeah, that's I agree, just where man. I'm at, man. It's, it's an interesting at. one. I. I don't know. I think Jordy has potential to, you know, also be a buy low. Yeah. It's just interesting to see what will happen with that offense. I mean, Jared Cook could be that too. He's seen an awesome target share to start the year. So, I mean, with Amari leaving, those targets might go his way. Yeah, this will be a big week to see what happens um, in Oakland. Uh, so, a question from Arizona-520. Dash He said, would any of you guys trade Mark Ingram for Marlon Mack? Full PPR. No. Yeah, I just, with Mac, especially with this injury stuff, I just feel like he's going to be nicked up the rest of the way. And, like, I'll be excited to start him when he's on the field, but ultimately I think Mark Ingram is way safer. Yeah, he said that he, he said that he's a little worried about, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, woo. He's a little worried about, you know, roles in New Orleans, you know, affecting Ingram, but, you know, he's he doesn't know if Mac's anyway capable of, you know, handing out a bigger workload and not being injured and stuff, but. I think it's a i think it's an okay question um just depending on which side you're on of it but um man i like both guys you know me i might lean mac i might lean mac i might get crazy here adam it might be mac i think mac might be you the cuckoo guy for cocoa puffs over i'm there. crazy uh let's see what else i'm just strolling through this really quick to see what else if there's anything that sticks out 
anything that sticks out to me here, man. Anything that's that's calling my attention. Uh, pick two: Djax, Goodwin, or Mostart. Most Mostert? I don't know how you pronounce that name. Mostert? You know, I'm terrible with these things. I think you've had it the second Most, time. Mostert. I feel like we should call him Monster or something. It just looks better. Sounds better. Happy Raheem PR. the Dream. Are you big on him? You know, it's actually I I will admit when his name came up after Matt Breida got injured again, I was like, "Who?" And I had to do <laughs> a little research cuz I really didn't I didn't know Raheem Mostert. Like I just he was completely off my radar. So, I mean, in that situation, I think that you, you – I wouldn't feel comfortable starting both Tampa Bay wide receivers. Um, no, 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 tough. Goodwin, not Godwin. Goodwin. Oh, Goodwin. Oh, man. that So Marquise Goodwin. Oh, man. See, that gets interesting. Yeah, in that <laughs> case, I might go with the wide receivers. I might go with yeah, Goodwin and Jackson. Definitely safer. Um, how about this one? Uh, wait, was I for her? Okay, uh, let me ask you this. Let me just actually share about this guy. Cause I'm getting a lot of questions here, actually. Um, carry on Johnson, man. God, carry on my wayward son. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> you, where are you with him, man? He had a big week. You, you feeling know, it? I traded carry on Johnson in the only league that I owned him in uh, a few weeks back. And, you know, he, he seems to be getting more work now. And I'm, I'm somewhat regretting it. But. The same reason that I traded him is the same thing I kind of feel now, which is just I don't see it sticking. Now, I will say that, you know, there's a lot in favor of it sticking, just seeing that they gave him a much, much larger increase in workload right after the buy. And that a lot of times is indicative of what they want to do, you know, moving forward. But I think it also played a lot into the game script. I mean, they were playing quite well against Miami. They had the lead for much of that game. So ultimately, it makes sense that he would see more touches in those games. I mean, in all of their wins this year, he's seen at least double-digit carries, 12 being the minimum. Um, in games that they lose, though, he's seeing single-digit carries in every single game. So I think it's going to be a game script thing going forward, ultimately. So I think that, for me, I'm going to play carry on Johnson. When I think it's a good matchup, I think that the Lions are, you know, in a position to potentially win or if there's a high game total and it's just potential to be a shootout. I think you want to kind of gravitate towards those situations more often. I don't think he's an every week starter by any means. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I, I've been like that all year. And I know some people are like crazy high on him, but I've been I've been with you on that. All right, let's jump over because there's a bunch of questions there. And I'll pull some better ones next week. Um, let's jump over to Fowler No Foul. Fowler No Foul, the segment where I'm going to throw questions, not even questions. I'm going to throw statements at Adam, and you guys can play along, listen in from wherever you're at. Um, I'm going to throw statements at Adam, and Adam's either going to say foul if he does not agree with the statement or no foul if he agrees with the statement. It's all good to him. All right, Adam, the first one. Trades in mixed martial arts from one organization to another, like the UFC just did with the one championship organization this week, are bad for the sport. Foul or no foul? No foul, and it's not even really a trade. Uh, it's a transfer of contract. And I'm not sure about the specifics, but from what I understand, I was listening to something Errol Hawani was saying. I think it has to be agreed upon by the fighters as well. Um, so, I mean, to me, ultimately, like, I feel like it's a win-win 
you know, I feel weird because I, I love Mighty Mouse as a fighter, and it sucks to, you know, see him go to 1FC and fight what we would all perceive to be lesser competition. But that being said, I mean, you know, these smaller organizations or less well-known organizations are, are really producing better talent pools. And on the flip side of this, Ben Askren is really the best representation of that. I mean, yeah. he's an undefeated fighter. He's essentially the American Khabib. You know, he's an extremely talented wrestler who's been dominant, never lost. Or, like, he's never lost. He has that same sort of mentality. And I'm super, super loving everything he's doing on social media, which you and I have been going back and forth about all week. And just, he's trash-talking every fighter in every weight class near him, every big-name fighter. And it's awesome. And I think that, in a way, it shows the transition of where the sport's going to be more... I don't want to call it, like, WWE-style, but to be more, you know, public and, and more talkative and, on the social and entertainment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So... In that way, it's perfect. I mean, it's perfect for all that. And I'm excited to see Askren fight. I mean, I'm super excited. Yeah, so, you, you could tell he's been waiting to get in the UFC. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's like he had these tweets cock lo- loaded to go, man. Oh, and they're great, too. They're a <laughs> yeah. lot of fun. Every one of them has been a lot of fun. So I'm, I'm really excited to see who they match him up with. I mean, you and I have gone back and forth on it a little bit. Who are you currently thinking is most likely to get that opportunity first i don't know man because i'm still like has the ufc even spoken about it like have they said anything official i don't even know if it's been officially announced yet yeah but i I mean it's one of those things where i think it's just it's a you know logistics thing at this point and for all intents and purposes it's been announced yeah i don't think it'll be a connor or a khabib or something like that because you know they're no it can't be that high profile at first they have to build his name a little bit yeah it's gonna have to be a warm-up um, because and I think I think he's fighting at 170. That like I, honestly, even though the best matchups for him are at 155, when he messaged Khabib about fighting, he said at 165. So you know, there's been that talk of another weight division. I think it'd be really interesting if you know that somehow transpires in the future. But ultimately, I think that he's gonna fight at 170, which is weird because apparently he's also really good friends with Tyron Woodley. So I don't know how that's going to work with Tyron being the champion. Tyron was talking him up on something. I don't know what um, yeah, what happened. So was on. I don't know. And honestly, though, with him coming in, you know, I was thinking about this today. And if you look at where the UFC is at right now and all of their champions, it's really crazy how many of them are wrestling base. Mm-hmm. And they're very strong wrestlers. And that's what Ben is. So it'll be really interesting to see him come in. However, if he fights a guy like Tyron, Tyron is a hell of a wrestler as well. If he fights a guy like Khabib, Khabib's a hell of a wrestler. Maybe the best wrestler we've ever seen. So the matchups here are really interesting in that regard. I wonder how the fights are going to feel. I mean, as like a diehard MMA fan, I'm super excited. But I'm wondering if the casual viewers are going to get bored when it's, you know, two big wrestlers going at each other. Yeah, it's going to be fun to see, man. It's going to be... You know, ho- hopefully they get him something quick because I don't want to like take this to drag out too long. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, I know. I feel like whenever they talk about this stuff, he's got to be fighting within like the next three months at the absolute latest. Yeah. So we'll see. It'll be fun. But definitely, if you're into mixed martial arts, UFC, all that kind of stuff, definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, the next one, the Oakland Raiders will trade Derek Carr before Week One of next season. Foul or no foul? 
I'm gonna say foul, man. I think they're holding on to him. I'm sorry. I think he. I think you're so funny because you used to back this kid like crazy. I'm still behind him. I'm still with him. I'm still with him. Oh, it's hilarious. I'm still with him, man. Yeah, trying to save face. No, I'm still with him. I'm saying if we got, if he's got to go, he's got to go. I'm not. I'm Mm -hmm. not gonna. Again, I'm not gonna cry about any of these guys, man. Because again, you know, people keep saying to me like, you know, are you upset about this? Are you upset about that? For me, it's like, bro, we're losers. Like the team doesn't win anything. So what does it matter? Like, I literally haven't even watched the Raiders the last three weeks. It's just, it's sickening, man. It's annoying. It sucks to be a fan of them right now. And so, like, if we're never going to win games, and to be honest, Carr has been at fault for a, a lot of them recently, and I don't care. People are going to say, oh, it's Gruden, it's this, it's that. I don't care what the reason is. He's the one throwing the ball. So I'm going to blame him. I'm going to blame Gruden. And it just is what it is. But at the end of the day, like, you know, it's frustrating, man, as a fan. And so if, you know, if the whole team gets traded, what, what am I losing? Like as a fan, like we haven't won anyway. So what's the difference? But you know, obviously if we have a choice, I prefer to keep him and I prefer for him to play well, but if that's never going to happen, then I'm not the guy that's going to be afraid to move on either. So if it happens, I don't think it will happen because the Raiders are going to want like two first round picks da, 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 and you know, no one's going to give them that probably, but um, I'm not against Derek Carr, Adam, I'm not against him. I'm just saying, if we're going to sell, just stuck sell. with him. It's just... like how I feel about Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> I'm not a fan of his, but I'm stuck with him. <laughs> yeah, I, I do like the only thing, the one big thing that, you know, is cool from Derek Carr is that he does always stand up for, like, the Raiders, you know, like, for the whole mentality and everything. Like, somebody was, you know, PFT or somebody put out an article, like, knocking him, saying he's lost a locker room because he was crying during an injury or something. Um, and then his brother went on Twitter and, like, defended him. Not David Carr, another brother, like, I think an older brother, and then both of them. Um, but, you know, Derek Carr said to his brother, don't even waste your time with this big bro. On the ground, I yelled, get me up, get me up. Then I got to the sideline and yelled again. Not once here, not one time. There is this. There is the truth. People will click on it because it sounds crazy, but stop playing with me. So, you know, it's one of those things. He said he knows it's not cool to be, you know, to say he's proud to be a Raider and wants to be a Raider, but he is, man. He is. And so he has the right mentality. That's all I can say. And maybe getting rid of guys like Amari Cooper, who, to me, didn't seem very filled with energy, didn't seem very passionate and crazy about stuff. Maybe, you know, it's a good thing. So we'll see. Next one. We're staying on quarterbacks. This is the last season Blake Bortles wins a starting quarterback job in the NFL. Foul or no foul? Foul. What? <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. This is ridiculous. Man, Please justify everybody yourself. everybody always hates a Blake Bortles. Because <laughs> he sucks. Yeah, he sucks in the NFL. He he, he does. But for fantasy, man, he's still great. <laughs> still love him for fantasy. Um, no, I just it's it's weird. I I feel like last week was them giving him like a slap on the wrist, and you know you better not do that again, Blake. And he's gonna go out and have a big game this week, and then it won't matter. And then he can be shitty again the rest of the year. And that's just who he is. He's going to be up and down constantly, but they're not going to get rid of him yet. And they're still going to be a winning franchise. And it's still going to look like he played a part in that. How about this quote from Malcolm Jenkins? Um, He was talking about Eric Reed and all kinds of stuff, but he said, Colin Kaepernick deserves a job. I can turn on the tape this week of our opponent and see Colin Kaepernick deserves a job. And guess yeah, who Malcolm Jenkins is playing? That. Who is Malcolm Jenkins playing this week, Adam? I mean, it doesn't matter who he's playing. There's tons of quarterbacks that Colin Kaepernick. Just take a guess. Starting Just take right a guess. Take I guess. know who he's playing. You know right. exactly who he's playing, and he's right. And it sucks, man. But 
you think I, I say I say no foul. He will not be a win a starting job again in this in this league, my friend. So what um, happens? Jags draft a quarterback and the quarterback beats him out. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's I mean, it's maybe they trade for Cody Derek Carr. Kessler. Oh, it, it's definitely not Cody Castle. Maybe they give the Raiders they, a whole bunch they, of draft picks for Derek Carr. They could trade for Derek Carr, but that would be a terrible move for both <laughs> them and probably the Raiders. Because yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't know what the Raiders could even add. like you Can said. You they imagine? have to ask for like two firsts at this. Can point, you imagine the Raiders are like give us two firsts and Blake Bortles? <laughs> Can you imagine? I, I have to quit, man. I have to quit. Oh my god! I couldn't deal with Blake Bortles as a Raider. I couldn't deal with Blake Bortles as a Raiders announcer, let alone a quarterback. Um, the last one for you: When you are worth 138 billion dollars, you don't even flinch when you lose when you lose 14 billion in one day. Foul or no foul? Um. What? <laughs> like, no, you can't you can't even uh, wrap your head around it, man? No, I mean I can wrap my head around it, but I have no frame of reference. The reason the reason so. I brought this up is because Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos actually did this today. He lost fourteen oh. billion dollars because of stocks. So well, he didn't. No, Amazon. No, no, he did. He lost personal. He's worth one hundred thirty-eight billion. He personally lost fourteen billion because of the stock hit. He personally is worth one hundred thirty-eight yeah. billion as an individual yes, outside sir. of his company. Yes, sir. Uh, Google I'm throwing, Google's I'm throwing your friend. you some skeptical hippo eyes right now. Go ahead, now. throw it. I mean, I'll do that after the podcast. No, 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 no. We don't do on, stuff like this after the yeah, podcast. Mm, Let me go wait. ahead and bring it up for you. Who do you want me to? Who do you want me to verify it? I don't really. Who will work for you? Much. Forbes, CNBC. Right. Tell me. And moving on. Tell me. Uh, I think it's gonna suck whenever you lose a lot of money. Nah, listen. Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos' wallet is looking a little lighter. After the e-commerce giant announced lower than expected earnings in the third quarter on Thursday night, it was it wasn't just Amazon stock that fell. And then it says here, while Amazon's shares were down eight percent at the opening of the market on Friday morning, Bezos, who is the company's largest shareholder, lost as much as fourteen billion in personal wealth, according to CNBC estimates. Uh, stock market sell-offs earlier this month had already negatively impacted the CEO's personal wealth, with his net worth falling from $161 billion in early October to $140 billion in October 11th. Jeez, I guess it makes sense. I remember vaguely hearing that Amazon is worth over a trillion dollars now, which I don't even understand what that means. It says here, as of Thursday, Bezos' net worth was roughly $138 billion. Even with the losses he's incurred since then, that estimate still puts him firmly ahead of the second richest man, Bill Gates, whose net worth is nearly $93 billion. So imagine losing $14 billion and $15 billion, oh, however long ago, and they're like, hey, man, don't worry about it. You're still the richest man in the world. I'm saying, do so, you flinch at that point? Or are you like, eh, whatever? No, it's just their life is so different than ours that money doesn't mean the same thing it's at ridiculous. all. It's ridiculous. Like their money, it's, they say they have $138 billion. It's not like that money's sitting somewhere. It's all in circulation throughout everything that they're invested in. Like. It's not it's not like a fixed thing sitting in a bank account somewhere. I'm saying if I lose fourteen dollars I might cry at him. Yeah, because that fourteen dollars impacts your your way of life. I mean the fourteen billion, I wonder how that feels. That's what I'm saying. It, they don't flinch. It probably doesn't directly impact his way of life, but it probably is very impactful in different ways because you don't get that successful without it meaning a lot to you. Yeah. 
telling you, man, it's an interesting thing. It's an interesting thing going on in this world. One man worth 138 billion, other people can't afford food. It's crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. All right, man. We've reached the end of the show. That's it. Only thing we have left to do is show and tell. If you have something to show and tell, Adam, if you remember back in elementary school, for people who are new to this, for some of those listening, you have to reach way back, right? Because remember, elementary school may have been a really long time for you. But if you remember it, you remember show and tell. I think everybody's elementary school had this. If you didn't, I'm sad. I cry for you at night. But show and tell was that moment where you got to take something, you know, from home, bring it to school, and you're going to wow everybody. You're hoping to to impress the world with it. So we do that here because I think it's cool. And so the show and tell I brought me today, Adam, is actually just a bunch of couple of random facts, random things that have happened recently that I want people to kind of explore and look at if they haven't already. Um, one is rectangle glaciers. They're fucking crazy looking. And it almost looks not real. It looks fake almost. Wait, rectangle glaciers. Exactly. This I'll, this I'll Google. <laughs> exactly. Rectangle glaciers. It's crazy looking. It's real. And I seen it and I was like, no way. It looks like man-made or something. And again, I'm sure it's the distance of the film, the picture and everything, but they're crazy Whoa. looking. They're crazy looking. That's, that feels like some global warming stuff. It does, right? Some weird <laughs> shit happening. That doesn't seem like that shit. That's not how that shit work. <laughs> That's not how that shit go. Yeah, so if you, don't know what, if you don't know what I'm talking about, definitely check it out. You can Google that and see for yourself. I think it's interesting. I'm curious what people think about it. And the other thing, man, I know people have been talking about it lately, and I've seen, I think, even Yahoo posted about it, but, bro, Patrick Mahomes legit sounds like Kermit the Frog. It's, like, 100% confirmed. They, made, they put out a funny video with, like, Kermit the Frog's character talking, like, well, like, his character cartoon, but, like, Patrick Mahomes talking behind it. And it's crazy. It's crazy how, how much, when you take Patrick Mahomes' face out of it, even, and you put Kermit there, how hilarious it is. It's pretty funny, so... I highly recommend you go YouTube that or look at uh, Yahoo. I think Yahoo Fantasy. I don't know which Yahoo it was, but Yahoo something tweeted it. Um, it's a funny video. I know people have been talking about it, but just to see them put Kermit the Frog to his voice was pretty hilarious. Uh, he had a Chiefs jersey on and everything, but it's crazy, that guy's voice. It's freaky. Um, so definitely check this out. Two things to check out. Rectangle Glaciers, Patrick Mahomes, Kermit the Frog voice. It's crazy. Go check those things out. Adam, what do you have? So last night, well, actually, no, not last night. Two nights ago, uh, I went to another concert, which was fantastic. This guy's concert uh, hopping lately. I know, I know, and it's rare too. I, I I hadn't been to a concert in like at least six months to a year prior to these two. But you know, you know, get it. Actually, that's not true. I went to Riot Fest. What am I talking about? I like live music. <laughs> I see that. It's okay. I know. It's good. Yeah. It is what it is. But anywho, um, so yeah, what I brought to show and tell is um, uh, rapper, hip-hop artist, uh, Watsky, uh, George Watsky. He goes by the stage name Watsky, uh, which is just his last name. I originally started as a uh, spoken word artist. Um, he was on uh, Deaf Poetry Jam a handful of times, I think. Uh, I know he's at least on there once. I feel like he made multiple appearances, though. Uh, he's even done, like, a TED Talk. Um, he's really interesting uh just ultimately he i really i really enjoy his writing um i i really i became a fan of his through his like his rap and his hip-hop um but ultimately the thing that really got me deep into him was a lot of his spoken word stuff um to me it just really resonates uh it has a lot of soul influences music and i think that a lot of it has like a really good message and um, it's really deep. A lot of it is uh, really well thought out, and I don't know. I really appreciate a lot of his stuff. And you know, this is a little different, but I I decided I want to actually like read a little piece of uh, one of his spoken words, which 
I'm not a spoken word artist, so, so <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna do this the best justice wait, 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 that wait, I can. You're gonna give us a performance? I'm not giving no performance, but I am gonna read this because I don't know. This, no, this is, sounds um, like a performance. I did not yeah. know this was coming. So oh, definitely God. looking forward to this performance. Adam's first. Well, I mean, at least on the podcast, I don't know what he does on the side, but this is Adam's first spoken word performance, uh, and it's yeah, a cover. Right. It's a cover. <laughs> this, this is from uh, George Watsky's Tiny Glowing Screens Part 2. Uh, it's just an excerpt. It's definitely not the whole thing. Um, but truth be told, I'm unlikely to hold you down because my soul is a crowded subway train, and people keep deciding to get on the next one that rolls through town. I'm joining a false movement in San Francisco. I'm frowning and hunched over in Boston. I'm smiling in Los Angeles like, like I've got fish hooks in the corners of my mouth and I'm celebrating on weekends. Because there are 7 billion, 47 million people on the planet and I have the audacity to think that I matter. I know it's a lie, but I prefer it to the alternative. Because I've got a tourniquet tied to my elbow. I've got a blunt rat filled with compliments and I'm burning it. You say to go to sleep, but I've been bouncing off my bedroom walls since I was hecka small. We're every age at once and tucked inside ourselves like rusting nesting dolls. Like Russian nesting dolls. God, that's a tongue twister. <laughs> my, my mother is an eight-year-old girl. My grandson is a 74-year-old retiree whose kidneys just failed. And that's the glue between me and you. That's the screws and nails. We live in houses made of each other. And if that sounds strange, that's because it is. Adam dropping his first ever cover. Yeah, Amazing. I know, right? Oh, I got. Your flow was a little choppy. Your flow was a little choppy. Oh man, yeah, it, it was rough. It was rough. That, uh, that one line is is a tongue twister. But you know, he's a rapper, so he's <laughs> way better at that than I am. But um, but yeah, I mean, I hope I hope that resonated with some of you out there. And ultimately, if it did, I really recommend checking out his music and his spoken word stuff. Um, he's one of my favorite artists. The show was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, one neat thing that I mentioned to Neil before that I'll bring up that. I've never seen it in another show before was that uh, both of the opening acts that performed before him ended up being members of his backing band. So there was an artist that performed. Uh, he was a hip hop artist. He rapped mostly uh, and played the drums actually while rapping. And he was his drummer. And then the, uh, the very first opening uh, act was an act called Feed the Birds uh, that Neil actually I recommend you checking out. I feel like you'd really like them. Um, they have a female lead singer who's done a lot of backing vocals on other tracks by Watsky. Um, and it's a really, really soulful sound. Um, and I like it a lot. It was the very first time I'd ever seen it, but just together as a show, it was really neat. Like I'd never seen a show where the opening acts opened and then ultimately performed with the main act. And it made this really cohesive, like collaborative project that, was just so unique. I've never, I haven't been to a show in a really long time that like from beginning to end, I was just totally into it and it, it really blew me away. So yeah, I highly recommend George Watsky and also feed the birds. I mean, they were really fun too. Yeah. I'll definitely have to check them out. I'm not even familiar with Watsky's Watsky's music. So I'll have to check them all out. And George Watsky sounds funny. It sounds like some like professor at school or something. Yeah. Doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. So I'll definitely have to check it all out. And you know, if you know, if other people have recommendations, songs they like of theirs, let me know. But I'll definitely uh, check it out and see. Uh, you make a lot of recommendations to people I don't know. So um, you definitely listen to some different music than I do, man. So that's a good thing, though. It's a good thing. You recommended somebody a while back, too. Who was it that you mentioned to me? It was really weird rap, like different kind of rap. 
Um, different kind they of. They did one of those NPR desk something or another. Oh, uh, Hobo Johnson, the Love Makers. <laughs> yeah, you always recommend yeah. these guys. That right? yeah, that that's that's even weirder. I mean, that's that's really spoken wordy. Uh, Watsky is way more uh, hip hop rap influenced. Uh, okay. Yeah, Hobo Johnson. That that's that's. I don't know. I really enjoy Hobo Johnson, but a lot of his influences actually come from folk punk, uh, oddly enough, even though he's more of a hip hop artist um, or, you know, rap artist, spoken word artist, however you want to put it. But uh, but yeah, I mean, that's another artist I'm a huge fan of, Hobo yeah. Johnson, the love makers. So check him out, everybody. Definitely check him out. All right, man. Thank you, everybody, for listening. As always, please subscribe if you're not already subscribed. If this is your first time ever listening, hit the subscribe button. It means a lot. We appreciate you joining us. It's a lot of fun. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Clock Dodgers. The more we build and connect, guys, the better this thing gets. You don't, And, and the, the, the good thing about the internet, man, with social media and all that, is you don't get to just hear from me. I get to hear from you, and that's what I like. So definitely do that. You can also find Adam on Twitter, at the other FF guy. And that's it. Adam, anything else? Nothing from me. Be kind, be great, keep dodging. Keep dodging! Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.